Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Creators Outlet. I'm like, oh, my camera was still on. It wasn't even pointing the right way. <laughs> Our special guest tonight, Tommy from World at War Comics. Hello, sir. What's up, Mr. Will? How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Uh, you had a, uh, a very successful uh, Kickstarter, and you you hit up as a vendor selling your wares at uh, some con- some conventions this past year, and yeah. Yeah, we had a, a pretty good year, man. The comic was successful, like you said, on Kickstarter. Uh, we've done, I think, about three uh, cons out here in Southern California where I live. I'm looking to do a couple more by the end of the year. We got issue two coming out in the end of August, uh, middle of September, somewhere in that time frame. So, yeah, a lot going on in the comic world for World at War Comics. We're really excited. Yeah, uh, and uh, you, you're, are you more excited for the comic work? Or more excited for another case of McFarland figures? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, I love <laughs> comic books, but uh, I do love me some McFarland toys. And as you know, we go back and forth on TikTok and Twitter. Yeah. And everything. I got boxes coming in all the time. Most of the time, I'm hiding them from my wife as they start to arrive. Um, <laughs> once in a while, like, uh, let me give you an example. My wife picked this up at Target today. This is the Jokerized Batman. So she just picked that up for me. So... Although she gets mad at me, she also, uh, I think, creates a little bit of the issue, too. So, nice. Yeah. So, once in a while, she'll find some. She goes, do you have this one? I'm like, nope. She's like, sweet. So, uh, yeah, she helps me out a lot. She knows how much I love this stuff. And, you know, I'm getting a little bit older. My kids are older. So, you know, when something does go wrong with the kids, it is pretty expensive uh, just because they're older. So, they're more expensive issues. But... It's a lot rare when they uh, when they need us, so that allows me to uh, go a little bit crazy on myself with all my uh, collections. But yeah, I'm a big Todd McFarlane fan. He's uh, meant a lot to me uh, in the comic world. I think he's done a lot for the independent comic world, and mm-hmm. uh, um, he definitely has changed the entire game when it comes to toys. Um, toys and collectibles, yeah. I don't get at all, and it could just be me... Uh... Being a boomer, except I'm actually a Gen Xer. It's really close on the line. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole digital toy thing yeah. elude, eludes me. I'm like, that's yeah. like a video rental that you never bring back. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta look at stuff in an app. I go, I can look at all this stuff anytime I want on the internet. Yeah. It's like yeah. unless unless you can export those skins, yeah, into video games to change like the skin of a character you're playing. Yeah, yeah. You know, then I'd be like, uh-huh, okay, cool. Yeah. I do think they do some of that too. Um, but yeah, the 
the whole digital art thing has eluded me as well. You know, I, I played around with it a little bit. Um, I'm a big UFC fan too. I love UFC. And so I, I do own a little bit of the digital art there. I got it really cheap. I don't even know what it's doing now. I haven't looked at it in a long time, but I know I have it. Um, and once in a while I'll go look at it. And to your point, it's just a picture of some of my favorite fighters. So yeah, I don't know. I don't get it either. I'm with it's, you. It's, it's one of those things. Uh, speaking of UFC, what are your thoughts on uh, Ronda, Ronda Rousey returning to UFC now that the girl who whipped her ass is yeah. gone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, she She's made a lot of money. Um, she's oh, made yeah. a ton of money with WWE. We're seeing that with Conor McGregor with all of his success. You know, when you've made millions and millions of dollars and then you come back to the fight scene, you know, there, there was this driving factor um that really fueled a lot of your your fights that is no longer there and that is either coming out of poverty or working your way out of some kind of a personal situation or a passion for fighting i'm just not sure that same passion can be there when you have that kind of success so we'll see i mean ronda's obviously a different person than conor mcgregor but we've seen conor ever since he's made all that money he's i think he's lost what his last three fights so yeah it's a tough one. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, there's no walk in a park for her. I mean, there's some impressive women at the top oh, yeah, division sure. that she's going to have to get through. And I'm not sure. I think she's had a, a couple children. She's been out of the fight scene for a while. I mean, she always stays in pretty good shape because of WWE, but I mean, if you haven't been punched in the head in the last three years, it's, I don't know. I, I think that's going to be a tough one for her. So yeah. we'll, well, it remains to be seen, but yeah, I know. I know she uh, wants to throw her hat back in the ring, but I I feel like maybe it's already past her, to be honest. Yeah, I I think it's should be good for maybe like a few fights. Yeah, and you know when she's working her way up from the bottom again, yeah. she'll be okay for a little bit, and then once she gets to even somebody mediocre, it's gonna yeah. be you know. Because you're making contact in WWE, but you're rehearsing the contact you're making. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And obviously there's injuries that take place in WWE, but I think everyone's very careful not to injure one another. It happens because it is fast-paced and you're you're trying to make it as real as possible, so things do happen. But, I mean, UFC is a lot different, right? They're, you're really trying to take the head off the other person. Oh, yeah. The other person's trying to take your head off. So it's a – it's a different game. Um, you know, she's going to have to fight Holly Holm again. And mm -hmm. uh, when you get knocked out the way that she got knocked out, that's really hard to overcome. And uh, even though Holly Holm is, I think she's 41 now, she lost her last fight. Um, she's still in amazing shape. And uh, she'll be one of the first fights that uh, I think Dana White will put in front of her. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'm not too sure about that one. I feel like I don't know. You, you can't uh, knock anybody's passion. If she has a passion to come back, then it is what it is. But, man, you're doing so well outside of USC. Why would you want to come back and take those kind of beatings or injure yourself, especially when you have so much going for you outside of the UFC? Yeah. Yeah, I know she, she was gone from WWE for almost a year because uh, because her and her husband had the baby. So Exactly, yeah, yeah. And that's hard to come back from too, right? Even in yeah. WWE, let alone get back into uh, – um, the fight scene. So I, I'm not sure about this one. I, I mean, we, I hope all the best to her. Um, she did a lot for women's uh, MMA, but I don't know. There's so many young, hungry um, women that are in that division that uh, when she comes in, they're all want her, a piece of her to show her that she no longer belongs. So yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. Maybe it'll be like an in and out burger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, like, in two more years, she'll just slowly weave herself back into, like, you know, one of the wrestling alliances to uh, show yeah. up again. Yeah, I think that's a good spot for her. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, can't knock her. I'm mean, sure she, you don't want to get hit by her. I can tell you that. You certainly no. don't want to get <laughs> her because her arm bars and her chokes are probably just as lethal as they were. I just, I think you lose a little. Um, when you're out of the game as long as she has, right? You lose a little bit of speed. Um, you lose a little bit of your power. Um, mm -hmm. Your focus has just been everywhere else. That's not a knock to her. It's just any human being that steps away from the game. And we saw it with Connor. He's good for a round. And after a round, he's out of breath and he can't, 
you can't punch as hard. It's just, it's tough. And there's just hungrier people that are younger and, and they want what he has. And so I think the same thing was with Rhonda and they're not going to allow her to easily walk in and get to the, the same standing that she once had. It's going to be a battle. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now tell us about your comic book experience. When did you first fall in love with the medium? And do you remember yeah. what character or book it was that you first read? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean I've loved comic books since I was about eight or nine years old. Um, we had a comic book store pretty close to our house. Um, and we would ride our bike up there, you know, whenever we mowed lawns or something like that and made some money. Um, I, I know exactly what comic book was the first one. It was Nam. Um, oh, nice. Number one. Yeah. I think it was by Marvel, if I'm not mistaken. But, yep. you know, my, my family's we come from a pretty uh, big military family. My dad was in the Marines. Both my grandfathers and uh, were in the Army. My uncles were in the Air Force. Um, I tried to go into the military, but I was born with a hip disease and they wouldn't take me. But, uh, man, military has been a big part of our life. And so when I saw that comic book, I'm like, wow, they make a comic book about uh, Vietnam. I had to get that because my dad, he was on the tail end of Vietnam um, because of his age, but uh, he was definitely in the Marines. And so I, yeah, I had to buy that comic and I fell in love with that and collected that for a very long time. But then obviously when you're in a comic book store and you see everything else, um, I had to get Superman, Batman. I, I grew up more of a DC fan than a Marvel fan yeah. just because of the Saturday morning cartoons with Justice League and whatnot. Um, certainly loved X-Men, the Avengers, uh, Spider-Man, um, all that good stuff. But Nam was my first comic book I ever bought. For sure. I actually still have my the first comic book I ever bought. Really? Uh, and yeah. well, I I, I kind of sold it. Yeah, yeah. But uh I you know I re I repurchased it. Yep. And it was, I believe, issue four twelve of Detective Comics. Mm, which one's four twelve? Which is uh the background is like Gotham City Zoo. Uh-huh. Animals are escaping out of the cages. <laughs> And the creeper just kicked the living snot out of Batman on the cover. <laughs> kicked him back so he's about to land in, you know, in the midst of the lions that are just like wandering around. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Now, like you, I, I sold a lot of comics when I got married. We were having a hard time making rent. And so I sold some baseball cards and my comic books. And then, you know, I started collecting them back up again, then resold them again. And, you know, there's this little bit of a, a boomerang with comic books. Um, throughout my life, but I've always loved the medium. Um, just wasn't always able to hold on to them. But like you, I, I have purchased NOM issue one again, which isn't very expensive. It's pretty easy to purchase, but uh, I did want to purchase it just from nostalgia. Um, yeah. So I got that back again. And, and like you, I got quite a few comics now. I, I will say I, I love DC. Um, I collect a lot of DC still. I have a lot of Marvel as well, but most of my collection is independence. A lot of image comics, um, a lot of AWA, which is one of my favorite uh, publishers. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm a big Spawn fan. Love Spawn. Uh, Invincible is my favorite comic ever created by Robert Kirkman. So I have the whole run of that and a lot of the um, variants of that. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, Mark Miller, I think, is one of the best writers. So I have a lot of his stuff. Um, big Game just came out, and I'm really excited to see all the mayhem that takes place over the next four issues of that. Cause I have a feeling a lot of people are going to die. Um, Cause oh, that's yeah. what Mark Miller is. And I love Mark Miller for that. You know, he, he loves the characters he creates, but he's not married to them. And he's not, it's not uh, an issue for him to, to have some of his characters pass away telling a story, which I love, right. There's a, there's real odds when you read uh, anything from the Miller verse for sure. Yeah. I, the, the one series from, of his that stood out to me is going to be the magic order. Oh yeah. I mean, what are they on? This is a fifth um, yeah. series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah it's volume five right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my over besides him, my, my current favorite writer in all of comics is going to be Jeff Lemire. Oh yeah. 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 I Incredible mean, too. he's like the Jack Kirby of writing. Yeah, yeah, he's putting out like you know books for like five different publishers a week or something. Sometimes <laughs> you know it's it's like, did you yeah. get your Jeff Lemire book? I'm like, which one? 
And then yeah. they go down the list. There's like there was like seven out the other week, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, he's great. I think uh, for DC, Jeremy Adams is uh, one of the top. Mark Wade. Um, I love Robert Venditti, um, who just came out with a new independent. I think it's – who is it by? Anyway, it's called Squad 6, which is really cool. They just mm-hmm. had their first issue drop. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I even like uh, most of Joshua Williamson um, that also writes for DC. Um, who else? There's there's some good writers out there for yeah. sure. His, uh, his first volume of uh, Batwoman was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Agree, agree. Uh, a lot of that was due to his artist too <laughs> for sure i mean it's, it's a it's a dance right if you're gonna i mean great writers can only be great writers if there's great art and great artists will only be noticed if the story is good right you might yeah. buy it the first time but you'll never buy it again if the story is terrible and mm-hmm. i feel bad because there's some amazing artists out there that uh, are doing great things but they have really bad writers on those books and so they probably don't get the recognition they deserve um but yeah it, it, it sucks, but that's that's the world of comics. Um, can't have it all, right? I, mean, I still love Scott Snyder. I think a lot of the stuff that he does um, is really good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there, man. A lot of good stuff. But I, I'm really loving the indie scene um, just because the stories are unique. Um, you don't have the canon that you have to follow, so you could do a lot of really cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do enjoy it because of that. Um, but I, I'm always going to be a DC fan. I grew up DC always love dc but that as does not mean at all that i hate marvel i just i grew up a dc guy yeah i i grew up mostly a dc guy too yeah um but i also would buy you know spider-man and hulk yep like, absolutely basically i would buy the spider-mans and my best friend across the street from me growing up would buy the hulks when they came out yeah they were on and they were on the, on the rack and then we'd go to each other's house and swap books to read them yeah, exactly. Because awesome. Why should we waste our money? There's an ice cream truck coming. You know, back in the day when it didn't cost you fifteen dollars for an ice cream out of a truck. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, only a yeah. $1.50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm scared to let well, my kids are older now, but these days I'm not sure I'd let a kid buy an ice cream from an ice cream truck these days. But back in the day, man, it, we waited for that song to come around the corner, man. We were oh, all yeah. out in the front yard waiting. We'd have our slip and slide or the sprinkler going on a summer day and the the truck would come by. Man, those are good memories. But ever since that first story arc in Spawn, no, get away from that ice cream truck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough story. Actually, uh, Todd McFarlane uh, got a lot of pushback because of that story uh, when it first came out. It was a, a little much at the time 30 years ago, but, yeah. uh, man, I loved it, man. And I love the ending of that guy, too. Although he didn't end, right? He became something else, but uh, it was brutal. That's what that's what made Spawn so popular when it came out was the brutality. You just didn't see that in comics um, that often. But why they'd have to name that evil dude after me? Yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> I'm like, exactly, yeah. stop it! Every time they get like somebody like that, I'm like, why? Why? Yeah, Could you call him Bob <laughs> or something? Yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, those are those are good times, man. Good times. Uh, you know, growing up in the '80s. Uh, I was born in the 70s, um, but really remember a lot of the 80s and then the early 90s. I was already out of high school. So, but the 80s were good, good time to grow up, man. A lot of good uh, comic book um, stuff came out during the 80s. And uh, I don't know, you just felt safe. I mean, I like you probably, right? My parents threw us out of the house and we weren't allowed to come back in until the lights in the streets came on. Latchkey kids. Latchkey kids, man. We had our baseball glove on our handlebars on our bike. And then we had our quarters to go up to the comic book store and we would sit around and read comic books. We'd play G.I. Joe or Transformers or He-Man in the bedroom. Um, and then we'd be at the baseball uh, field during the offseason playing home run derby with tennis balls or or something. But, uh, yeah, we just didn't arrive in the house. Um, the only time we were at the house is if we were going to play in the sprinklers, right? But we'd still be in the front yard or the backyard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just a different world. Now to be first. What's that? Everybody gets thirsty and you're like, yeah. <laughs> there's the hose. There it is. I'm first, yeah. sucker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Wait to see all those snails come out of the hose first. You go uh, first, man. Make sure it's clean. When they made slides out of out of metal and steel. Yeah, exactly. Like burn layers of skin off as we went down. 
Oh yeah, man. Good yeah. times. Good old days. Good old days. Go ride your bikes with your friends. Okay. <laughs> and you know when the street lights came on, you better get your butt home. Yeah, yeah. They start to worry and either my mom would come out and start yelling or if we ignored her, my dad would come out with his belt off and then you knew you you took it too far. So Yep. Yeah, we didn't have elf on the shelf. We had belt on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. Now my dad would do it. I had three younger sisters and I was the oldest. And so uh, whenever we would get a little a little rowdy and, and pissed him off, he would do what was called a lineup. And we'd all have to stand in a line and he would sit on his chair with his belt in his hand and one by one spank and then go to your room spank go to your room and <laughs> that poor kid who was the last which is usually the baby of the family mm. i mean she was more emotionally distraught than what the the paddle was going to do because she had to watch all of us get hit so uh but yeah different time man yeah for sure so when did you uh when did you come up with uh the idea for kingsville uh probably a couple years ago um just kind of thinking about it um, probably 2019, 2020. I mean, I've always wanted to write a comic book. So you, you kind of play around with a lot of your characters. Um, I mean, that's from a young age, 10, 11 years old, right here. We all, you know, after reading some pretty awesome comics, we're like, man, we should make our own. And then you just draw and kind of share it with your friends and it never goes anywhere. Right. And you forget about it, you know, the next day maybe, but, uh, always had a passion for comics and would love to get into it. Um, but, you know, I have a, a career. I've been in the same industry for a long time, so it's just really hard. But last year um, I had a kidney transplant. And while I was out for six months, you know, I was talking to my wife. I'm reading comics and I kind of told her, man, maybe I should use this time to see if I can't put my comic book into print. And uh, you know, she's like, yeah, you're not doing anything anyway. So I, uh, I already had the story. I just had to kind of put it into comic book form. And I started searching for an artist and I was on Reddit and uh, just interviewing artists. And I found Daniel, um, who actually lives in Moscow. Um, he's about oh, 22 wow. years old, young guy, just a good artist, man. I really enjoy him. And so we started talking and I kind of shared my vision with him and uh, he was all in, man. And uh, so we brought out that first issue, um, took about three months to put it all together. And uh, so we went to print probably in... January, February of this year. So it took about five months to get done, four months to get done. Um, and once it was done, man, we went right to print. And uh, I think I had my first Comic-Con here in Southern California. It was probably in March, late March, early April, right when I was coming back to work. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun, man. The, the Kickstarter was really cool. I think people bought into the idea. They liked the art. Um, so that was awesome. And now we're doing really well, man. I, I got the the comic on eBay for people who want to buy it there. They can obviously go to our website at worldatwarcomics.com and get it. Um, we also have a TikTok shop now. I'm setting up Instagram and Facebook right now as we speak. But yeah, we're selling them everywhere. And I've, I've gone to a few cons and uh, I think I'll be doing the Pasadena con, which is coming up in a couple months. And then at the end of the year in December, they have the LA Comic Con, which I'm planning to do. So Nice. We'll do that. And then I got issue two is being worked on. We're on uh, page 11 right now as we speak. Good. Because I'm like, well, where is it? Because I just finished reading number one. And I'm like, now I want more. Yeah, no, I'm glad you do, Will, man. I, I can't wait for it to come out. I'll make sure I get you a, an early copy as soon as it's done so that you could take a look at it. But uh, yeah, we're on, uh, like I said, page 10 um, and just going, right? It, it's really the story's done. We just got to give Daniel some time to put it all together. There's a lot of back and forth to make sure oh, the yeah. images are the way it needs to go. And, um, but he's just a good kid, amazing artist and, uh, really happy that he is on the team. Um, he's all in and very excited to support us. I, I think that's the, the hardest thing about being an independent comic book creator writer is finding an artist. You see a lot of independents, right? They come in with that first issue and it's really great, but then maybe the artist, whatever happens happens and then they got to get a new artist and it's really hard to find someone the same style and people notice that kind of stuff so i'm very fortunate knock on wood that uh, daniel's still with me for issue two um we have a four-part uh arc for the first four um, but i certainly want it to be an ongoing so uh 
we'll continue it. But the first four, I certainly want Daniel to stick around for that at least. Um, not that he has any plans on going anywhere, but I, I certainly wanted him to to see if he would at least commit to doing the first four issues. And in between the first four issues, we're going to have a one shot on collapse, which is uh, this guy right here. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll have a one shot on him. He has a pretty unique background and story that I'd like to tell. Um, and so what we're going to do is we'll have issue one, we'll have issue two, and then we'll take issue one and two and put it into a trade with another story um, at the uh, end of the trade, which will be the one shot. And then we'll also have the one shot as a single if someone wants it that way too. Um, but we'll launch it as part of the trade to start off with. But uh, And then we'll do issue three and four. And then we'll do a one shot probably of Snapback, which is this guy right here, who also has a pretty unique story. So, um, But this next issue, you'll see probably about seven new uh, super uh, human characters come out. Um, you saw one of them on the last page of issue one, which is Lady Lex. Yep. But we have another six after that, and we'll start to develop them. You see a lot more character development over the next couple issues, um, and you'll see obviously the plot begin to thicken as uh, AGS begins to engage more with Kingsville, who already has a lot of distrust issues with uh, AGS, as they should. Yeah, I can't imagine why. Yeah, but you know, the rest of the world kind of doesn't see a whole lot going on, right? Because AGS does do a lot of good things. Um, and, you know, that's how corruption happens, right? On the outside, they do a lot of really good things uh, while they're kind of stabbing your back behind you uh, without you knowing, right? And uh, when people start to kind of highlight some of the issues that are going on, if you're one of the beneficiaries of some of the good things, you're probably not apt to listen to some of the bad things that are going on because you directly benefit from those good things. And I think that happens in every society in every country, U.S. included. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's no different with AGS and what they're trying to accomplish um, and Kingsville and some of the others that you'll see start to come forward. You you saw a little bit of it with Rodrigo going I'm not sure this is all copacetic, man, that something's off here and no one's listening to him. And he's like, guys, this doesn't make any sense. Um, so you'll start to see that develop over the next couple of issues as well. And uh, there's other stuff, but I don't want to mention the other stuff. because The other stuff would be spoilers to somebody who hasn't bought and read the book yet. Exactly. No, good, good call, Will. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope people get it. I hope they enjoy it. We had a lot of fun putting it together. I, like I said, it's available almost everywhere. You go to our website, you can get it in PDF form. Um, or you could get obviously the uh, the floppies. Um, we also have a third um, cover, which is a variant for our Kickstarter. We have some of those left over. We made a hundred of them, so they're all signed and numbered. So those are available too on our website. Um, and then we have these two as well. So nice. Yeah. Speaking of which, yes, we will pop the website up on. I appreciate that. Well. Tabs, tabs everywhere. Yeah, exactly. There we go. There she is. Yeah. So uh, to be honest, a lot of uh, the startup of World at War Comics was really stuff like this, right? We wanted to to do some of the background stuff so it would be a legitimate comic book publisher with the idea that after we get a few issues under our belt, um, we could start to look at maybe other creators and help them bring their comics to life. Um, we're, we're certainly not ready for that. So, uh, you know, if you reach out, we have people reaching out once in a while, but I want to be very careful. It's really just me, Daniel, uh, my daughter, who uh, she's my 20 year old. She does a lot of my um, social media posts. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the stuff that we do post, um, you know, I create a lot of it on the weekend or after work and I put it in drafts and then she posts it throughout the day at the right time frames. Um, but that's pretty much the team. And so, uh, you know, before I bite off more than I could chew, we'll, we'll need to make sure that we have the right support to do that. But I would love to be a, a publisher that could help other creators bring their work to life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's funny, too, because I got involved with, uh, with, a couple, with a few people that are, uh, you know, they're all self-published because it's indie stuff. Yep. Um, but now they're helping other people and working on stuff editorially and uh, and story wise mm -hmm. and, and teaming up. 
they did a book last year that the first issue came out and it's like magazine size. So it's like, Oh yeah. Big oversized, kind of like European size. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's called Mavericks, but spelled M A V R I C S. Okay. They're actually at a con right now uh, oh. in, in Connecticut. They're at Terrificon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're set up there uh, in artist alley at, uh, NCAP F zero. There you go. Uh, my shameless plug. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, and I took, because what I was doing, cause you know, don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, you sell some older comic books that might be worth a couple of bucks. Yeah. So you can buy some new stuff that you're like, I got to have everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I went all in for their collector's box uh, as well as their merch box. And all I had to do was sell uh, Jason Aaron's original uh, Lady Thor run. Oh yeah, to a buddy of mine, and I backed the whole I backed the whole thing and like three or four other projects at the same time. Nice. And, like, and then I went to go, you know, do something, and I'm like, "What do you mean I'm out of money, bank? What's wrong <laughs> with you?" And then I popped it up, and it, uh, yeah, because I knew I had money in the bank, so everybody yeah. I was interviewing. While I was interviewing them, I'd open up a separate tab and actually look to see what tier I wanted to back. <laughs> Before you knew it, uh, that twelve hundred dollars was gone. Yeah, it goes really fast, man. It certainly does. Yeah, we. Uh, I know your pain, man. You got to pick and choose uh, where you want to support, and there's a lot of really good stuff out there. You know, obviously, I do Kickstarters to help fund uh, some of the stuff that I'm doing, but in between those, especially on this last Kickstarter, we did pretty well. And so what I did is I reinvested a lot of that Kickstarter into other Kickstarters just to support other creators. So obviously I got the comic, which was really cool. And then I reached out to them and, you know, I do a little bit of interviewing on my own, just like you will. But then, you know, anything that is above and beyond what we needed for the comic, we want to reinvest back into the indie uh, comic community, which is a lot of fun. So it all worked out. Uh, you know, we had a blast. We'll be doing another Kickstarter here in the next, uh, call it, uh, maybe two months um, for issue two and, and go from there. But uh, again, we'll, we've backed about almost 40 projects between Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Uh, we had one that was just kind of an independent crowdfunding one, but yeah, it's about 40 of them so far since January. Um, and I think that's really important um, for the community that we continue to do those kind of things. Yeah. Cause uh, I talked to so many creators and publishers that are just like the, the way mainstream comics are going. Yeah. That uh, if they don't get off of what they're doing currently mm -hmm. with a lot of it, uh, yeah. the indies are going to become the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing because, you know, I think, it, I think it's great because when I was a kid, I used to love like the DC horror books. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there's so much good horror out there in comics. Really, uh, so, yeah. Scouts doing a bunch of it. Some, some of the, some of the scout horror is kind of like tongue in cheek. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they did, they did that, uh, the vampire hunter thing with like the, the Buffy esque girl. Yeah. But she was doing everything <laughs> on social media. I go, okay, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I mean. Daniel Kraus, uh, Colin Bunn is kind of the king of horror right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does a lot of really good stuff. So, yeah, there's there's some really good horror out there, and I'm a big fan of it. Um, yeah. I mean, World Tree, I don't know if you've read that yet by Tinian, but, uh, boy, that's a crazy book, man. It is psycho. It's insane. There's, there's so much out there, like, just in the indie market, you know, itself. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get when you got, you know, rip up just like like exploding with millions of dollars in sales. Oh, Ripperverse? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eric July is killing. I mean, he has the record now, I think, for the most uh ever um you know generated through a crowdfunding. So you could dislike the guy, but uh I tell you what, I have a lot of respect for him. Um he has done it and he's done it right <laughs> and he's created a really good uh, product. I have ISOM one and two, and it's good quality stuff. And uh, Gabe Altaib, 
who is one of his artists, has his own going now called Big Man Comics. And he had a successful, I mean, he didn't do anywhere near what Eric July did, but he still raised a few hundred thousand dollars, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're doing really well. I mean, there's a lot of really good independent stuff that's doing well. I mean, EVS still is generating close to a million dollars every time he does something with Cyberfrog. Yep. Um, but if you look on Kickstarter, I mean, there is all kinds of really good Kickstarters out there. I mean, I I don't care who you are. I don't care what your personal life is like. I don't care what you who you vote for and what your politics are, man. I just love comics and uh, I read it all, man. I yeah. read it all. And if I don't just, like it, I just, just don't give, mention it. But... Just give me a good story. Yeah. That's and it. I'm I'm happy. Don't weigh it down with, you know, all this other garbage that's going on in our society right now. It's yeah. a full escapism. We don't want to hear about that. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Will. It certainly is a escapism. I do think that is one of the issues with uh, Marvel and DC right now. Um, I, I will say I don't mind it in indie because that's where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, right, if you're if you're going to go into that direction, there's certainly an audience for that. And I'm not against it at all. It's a free country. I think indie is the perfect spot for a lot of that. Um, but when you're changing canon and DC and Marvel and and you have people that are are ignoring who the characters really are to, to bring points across, I think that's where a lot of fans kind of get frustrated. Take that stuff to indie. I mean, there's a home for it. There's an audience for it. Um you know, I, not all of it I hate. I had some of it I enjoy too. So I, I'm all for it, man. I, I feel like I'm a, a pretty independent guy when it comes to that type of stuff. Um, but uh, when you're changing canon just because you're an activist, uh, again, you cannot deny that DC and Marvel haven't been hurt the last five or six years. I mean, outside, I mean, if you look at DC, which is my favorite, that's why I'm more passionate about it. of all DC comics comes from Batman or the Batman family. Um, Mm -hmm. If you look at the top 50 comic books, I mean, there's, there's months where they only have two or three comics on the top 50, you know, Marvel still does a pretty good job. um, And a lot of that has to do with the last, you know, 15 years of 15 to 20 years of what they've done on the the movie side. Yeah. Action side. That's still driving a lot of the popularity around their, their comics, but even them, they've seen, you know, a lot of their comics drop significantly too, which is really sad to see. I mean, you don't have a Captain America in the top 15 or 20. I think that's terrible, right? Uh, yeah. An Iron Man that's having a hard time. Um, these, these are not good good situations to have in the comic book industry. And if the, the big two are struggling, it really weighs down the indie side. Even though I think indie is very strong right now and doing well, when Marvel and DC are strong, Everyone benefits, right? It, it's yeah. Boats rises. And when DC and Marvel are not that strong, it, it's a struggle. That's why I, I really like to talk about Mark Wade. Um, I like to talk about Joshua Williamson. I like to talk about, you know, some of these writers that are still executing at a very high level. Jeremy Adams, who is a fairly young writer. Um, he had that flash run, which really corrected a lot of things with uh, Wally. And now he's on Green Lantern, which I'm super excited about because I love Green Lantern. I think Jeremy Adams is a rising star. I think he's one of the best writers at DC right now. And then obviously Mark Wade and his history's done well. Scott Snyder. There's just some really good folks out there that are still doing it at a high level. But uh, you got some other writers where you're just shaking your head going, you know, I just read a Hawk Girl comic and Hawk Girl's not even the subject of the comic. I'm just like, well, why are you on this comic if you, you don't want to understand who Hot Girl is, Hot Girl's history? Um, those are things that are really important when you're dealing with a, a brand that's 90 years old, right? So yeah, there's certainly some areas of opportunity within comics, but for the most part, I think it's still a pretty strong industry. It's still a multi-billion dollar industry. I, I don't I think it can be fixed. I think it can be corrected. So I I I have more of an optimistic view. Like I said, indie is awesome right now. Um, I don't know if you've read Canto by David Boer, but that's one of my yes. favorite comics. Just a feel-good comic, right? It's just it's fun. It, it allows you to get lost for a little bit. Um, and then anything Tinian's doing right now is on fire, man, whether it's something's killing the children, World Tree. Um, this guy, anything this guy writes right now is really good. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shining spots. I, I know uh, we like to focus on the negative because the negative seems to gain a little bit more traction and you certainly need to talk about the negative, but uh, sometimes that overshadows a lot of the good things that are happening in, in comics. And I think some of the good things is really indie. Indie is doing well. You just Very don't get the numbers, well. right? Because a lot of it's coming through Kickstarter, Indiegogo and other crowdfunding, right? So when you look at the, the data coming from the comic book industry and you're missing all these comic books that are self-published that are going through uh, Kickstarter and Indie, you're not really getting the full view. I don't think of how strong the comic book industry is. I mean, I go into my little comic book store here in Hemet where I live. Uh, it's called diggers um, comics and toys. And uh, you know, he has, I bet you 30% of his comics are indie and he's always open to bring in new stuff and try it. I mean, shout out to Ambrose. Who's the owner there. Uh, an amazing guy. Um, I, I, I find a lot of really cool stuff to read just going to the comic book store, which used to not be the case. I mean, 10 years ago, it was 90% uh, Marvel, DC, and Image. And once in a while, you would see like an AWA or a Scout or something like that in there. Um, but uh, things are changing. The popularity of uh, comics is really making a shift. And I think that's a, a good thing, um, to be quite honest. Yeah. My buddy, uh, Danny, that works at the Collective down in Florida, Uh huh. Um, during 2020, there was like, they shut everything down, so there were no comics. Right. So you couldn't get anything. And then they started, he came up with the idea, well, what if we, all these indie people are, are putting out books left and right. Why yeah. don't we back some of these? We can get them on a retailer tier and get a, get a good deal or, you know, see what kind of deal we can offer them, you know, on the, on the backside when they're ready to ship. Yeah. And they ended up, they ended up with an entire end cap uh, counter dump in row of nothing but independent comics. Oh, that's awesome, man. And they sell like crazy and they've got all the regulars will come in. Goes, what new indie stuff do you have that I would like? Yeah. And they know yeah. their customers and they know what they like and what they read and what yep. they're always looking for. And they're like, yep, you want this, 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 and this. Plus, <laughs> the collective actually did its own Kickstarter. Oh, wow. How cool is that, man? Um, and it was like, you know, an anthology book, like four different stories. Uh, it was somebody's first time writing anything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I missed out on it because I was broke. Uh, but yeah. it actually came up uh, in a Facebook auction for this group I followed because they had like all like silver and bronze stuff most of the time. Uh, this one guy in particular. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, he was doing a he was doing like a fifty percent off sale, and he had the collective book. I got it for like five bucks. Oh, how cool! <laughs> I'm like, that's a good deal. It's not that's often you get a it's not often you get a five dollar crowdfunding book. No, not at all. I mean, some of the crowdfunding is quite expensive, but uh, I understand. I understand, man. Doing my first one, man, it's so expensive. Will I mean? I don't think people realize to produce this comic. Just the art alone cost me close to four thousand dollars because if you want a really good artist. You're going to have to pay between $100 and $200 a page. Mm -hmm. um, and that's on the low side, right? You get some of these other amazing artists. Uh, if you're working for DC or, or Marvel, you're probably making four to $500 a page. So to find someone for $100, $150, $150, right, that's a, a pretty good deal um, if you could find someone for that that cost. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of artists out there, but not all of them have comic book quality. Um, and so you got to be careful. You want to be successful. You have to have a pretty good artist. Yeah, like uh, here on this channel, every Monday night, I do the Sean Zilla art show. I've tagged you in a couple of his art drops. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, great. He's, for like the last almost year, he's been doing covers for Alton, the creator that uh, does uh, Witches of Westwick. Oh, okay. Um, which is a new series that he just started. Uh, does Vampires in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then he's got a werewolf book. Oh, uh, cool. So it's like, uh, he's one of the, he's one of the guys that does the regular cover and the spicy cover. Nice. Yep. I know. So you, you get, you get two, you get two covers. Uh, so each artist has to do like two covers. So he's been doing covers for him. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing covers for like a, a few other people and, you know, 
working working cons like crazy. I've got a I've got a bunch of original art from him. Once in a while, he'll appear on another channel's uh, you know original art auction, like yeah. just for indie creators. Yeah, and uh, you know, and they've got they've got some you know they got some pretty big names in there like uh, Artie Bear and uh, Art's daughter, who oh, wow. does amazing watercolor stuff. It's it's like it's like she's got Harry Potter's wand when she's doing it. It's like, <laughs> cool, I, I don't know how you get that effect. Yeah. Um, but they'll, they'll usually do it for like two days. And uh, I had I had scored a, uh, he put up like, if you pay this much for this one, I'll throw in this one for free. Yeah. So I bought this beautiful, full-blown, full-color uh, magic from the X-Men. Oh, wow. And then I got a I got a rogue that he did too, but it, it just the just the character, not the uh, no background on it. So it's kind of like the the more simplistic design. Yeah, yeah, that's. And cool. I'm like, you know, that's just awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great artists and creators out there, and you know, I, I try to get on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, mainly Kickstarter. Um, and just search um, for cool stuff. And uh, once in a while, you'll find something you're like, I'm going to get that. And then you're just pleasantly surprised. Um, but there's some really good uh, um, comics out there for sure that are just doing so well. I mean, I, I don't know if you know who Tyler Martin is out of Atlanta, but he owns Godhood Comics. And he has a, a comic series called The Antagonist. I think they're on issues, I think, seven eight or nine. I can't remember. He has two trades out. Um, but, uh, his comic is, um, possibly being picked up for a TV series. It's done so well. And, uh, man, it's just high quality comic books. The art is amazing. You have concrete comics, you have dream theory. Um, there's just a lot out there that Merck, I don't know if you uh, are reading Merck at all, but Merck comics is so good as well. They do a really good job and, and kind of like what you were saying, right? They have the, the regular cover and they have a spicy and then a, like a, a super spicy um, and they do Kickstarters all the time. And they're, they're pulling in, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000 per Kickstarter. So they're very successful when it comes to Kickstarter and crowdfunding and they do an amazing job. Um, Advent comics um, is great. Alterna comics is one of my favorites with pizza. Oh, yeah. Pizza. Um, yeah, he's such a amazing guy in the comics. I mean, like you said, man, like my comic retails for six ninety nine just because I'm an independent. It's really hard to get my cost down until I'm producing, you know, a couple thousand comics at a time because my cost is so high. Yeah. Um, but you know, he has found a way to get around all of that, and he does it in that old style eighties um, nineties style of comic book with the newspaper print, which I love. Every time I read a comic oh, book, yeah. I'm turn it. It brings me back to childhood and just the smell of the paper, everything about it. I absolutely love. And uh, so I, I talk to Pete all the time and, you know, he has his own King Cryptid that just came out, which is an incredible read if you haven't gotten your hands on that. But you support one of their Kickstarters and you're getting like five or six books for 20 bucks um, just because all their comics are like $1.99 or $2.25. Yeah, um, I, I, bust, I busted his shots like last year. I go. Hey, what happened to the dollar fifty? Yeah, who are you, exactly. who are you DC holding the line? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. But he, I mean, they just do such a great job. Um, I just absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of really good stuff out there that you could get your hands on. Um, Oni Press is another good one. Action Labs. Um, there's some fun stuff out there. Um, what's the other one called? Something Cookie. Um, but anyways, there's. There's so many good stuff out there, and uh, that's why I like posting a lot of the stuff that I get off of Kickstarter because, uh, you know, people need to know. And that's why I post a lot of other people's stuff as a – because I'm a fan first, right? I, I obviously yeah. have my own comic, and I want to push my comic. But uh, my comic goes back uh, – goes away tomorrow. I'm still a huge fan. So being a fan is first, and there's two things that I love. It's comic books and action figures. And uh, most of my action figures are going to be uh, McFarlane. Um, yeah. Although I do have quite a few Marvel Select behind me right here. These are all Marvel Select up here. I got a lot of Legends, but uh, I got some Funko Pops over here. But for the most part, I'm a, I'm a McFarlane guy all the way through and uh, just love the quality of work that uh, he puts together. 
Yeah, I, I love his figures. They're great. But uh, my first love action figure wise uh, is Marty Abrams Migos because I grew up with those in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and sure. I still have some of them. I still have uh, my Enterprise bridge set. No way. With with the figures. It needs some repair. Yeah. But I still have it. And it's got it's got all the piece it's got all the pieces minus one of the uh like screen scenes. Oh, how cool is that, man? Um and I got to meet Marty back in twenty nineteen. I was covering uh the Rhode Island Comic Con oh, yeah. for Geekery and I got to meet Marty and, and and talk with him and a friend of mine who uh, is a the official retail you know the official online retailer uh, retro for uh, that's cool for man. them and uh, it just it's just great stuff and that's the fact awesome. the fact that they they just re released like a 50th anniversary for them oh that's cool and when yeah. I went there. The cool thing to me that I nerd nerded out over is I finally got to meet Neil Adams when he was oh, man. back in twenty nineteen. The only thing I can kick myself in the butt for is I should have gotten to sign anything, like a napkin. <laughs> anything, <care>. right? Yeah. <laughs> anything. Um, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'll do it later, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. Yeah. You know, and then I'm like, you know, getting thirsty, buy a soda, yeah, you know, yeah. seven seventeen ninety five for a for a four <laughs> ounce soda. I'm like, what the yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, so, you know, that didn't happen, but I actually, from talking to Marty, he's like, he goes, oh, yeah, back back when you were a kid, was, Neil Adams did all the original artwork on the uh, on the boxes. Wow. I go, oh, yeah, he's here, you know. <laughs> Where? Down the far corner. Yeah. Now, when they first got together, Back in the late 60s, early 70s, there was like a big newspaper magazine article and it's got, you know, Neil and Marty with their arms around each other. And then they're showing off like all the product oh, and, wow. and the artwork from the covers. Uh, and they went down, he went down there. He goes, I got to go talk to Neil. He went down there and talked to Neil and uh, they reenacted that same picture. <laughs> and... Uh, and everybody that tried to take the picture, uh, of course, his daughter was running around. Uh, that'd be $25, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I guess he went to talk to him because they were using his art. They wanted to use his his same artwork from back in the day on the yeah. 50th anniversary box. And so yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that came came to be. And there's there's just so many good figures out there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like. The 50th anniversary ones. I just ordered like three of the Jokers. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I can't imagine why. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know you're the Joker man. I, I, I get it. So. I get it. I get it. That's so cool, though, man. That's so cool, Will. Yeah, I, I love GI Joe too. And oh yeah, the, uh, when, when GI Joe was just some GI named Joe, yeah, not exactly. fifty thousand characters. <laughs> yeah, so many characters now, but I love it, man. I love all of it snake eyes and scarlet and i just i don't know sergeant slaughter i, I love all of it man and we're, we're i'm really fortunate because where i live we have uh, a gi joe con every year in a city called temecula which is in between where i live in san diego mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a small con they probably get about 800 900 people close to a thousand um but uh, it's just fun to go over there um where i live uh jamie sullivan um, lives here and he is the artist for IDW that would do a lot of the covers for GI Joe when it was still with IDW. So, mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, it's just, it's fun, man. Um, all those, and I'm super excited to see Robert Kirkman take over transformers and GI Joe. I think, uh, it's Joshua Williamson is going to be writing for GI Joe later on in the year. I think that comes out in Q4 of this year. So really excited to see some of that stuff take place too, because, uh, you got to have a GI Joe, ongoing series and you got to have a transformers one so uh void rivals has been really fun the first couple of issues so far by robert kirkman oh yeah we saw Jetfire in issue one so I'm, I'm really excited to see where robert kirkman takes it um i'm hoping uh tim seeley who also is a really good writer he does local man which if you're not reading local man you're missing out that's a really good comic right now in fact issue six drops i think next week and uh, it looks like it got picked up as an ongoing series because every issue ran out. 
Um, and Tim Seeley is about my age and your age, Will. So he uh, he grew up with a big uh, He-Man, Masters oh, of the yeah. Universe fan. So he writes uh, He-Man right now. Um, and he also a big G.I. Joe Transformer. So I'm hoping that he does something on those two. Because you, you want people who grew up with those who are passionate about them to write them. That way yeah. they understand the, the canon. They understand the characters and, and all the deficiencies of those characters and all the reasons why those characters tick. Because that comes across um, the fan base. And, and we want to, you know, share that with the next generation to hopefully get them excited. Yeah. We, you don't want to hire somebody to write G.I. Joe. It goes, well, you know, you know the IP G.I. Joe. Oh, the movie with The Rock in it? Yeah. Okay, next. <laughs> next, exactly. Exactly, yeah. No, we certainly want someone who has a passion for those comics to, uh, or those stories, especially grew up watching the cartoon, um, maybe owned the characters when they were little. You want someone like that that's super passionate about that because that's really important. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited because Robert Kirkman – is passionate about those characters because he also grew up reading those and watching the the cartoons. So I know it's going to be good. Void Rivals has already been pretty good. Oh yeah, I've, I've been reading like the last few issues because I get I get like the P, all the PR from uh, from Image. Oh good, yeah, from Image, yeah. and then the separate one from like Skybound and uh, yeah, you know a bunch of the other companies. So I'm like, I never have a lack of anything new to read. Yeah, just yeah. having the time to read. <laughs> Yeah, I got stacks of comics everywhere that I need to read. You know, I'm reading Night Terrors right now, which it's it's okay. It's been pretty pretty good. Like I said, I really like Joshua Williamson. I love Jeremy Adams. You know, some obviously some are not going to be as great as others, but the story itself has been okay. I don't know if we needed another major event at DC or Marvel, but uh, no, we don't. It's like stop it. Yeah, I know it's it's a little overkill, but. You know, when, when things are bad, this is what you do to try and uh, get it going. But because I do so many reviews on comics, I, I'm gonna, I'm in it for the long haul, man. So we're in week three. Um, and for the most part, I'm enjoying it. It's been okay. It's been better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really enjoy reading some of my favorite writers and, and their kind of spin on insomnia and everything that's going on in that story. Um, and I also like you do some reviews for Comic Crusaders. So a lot of that stuff I do get in advance. And uh, there is a comic called Starstorm um, that is out by Image. And uh, that is a good read. If you want like an old school, feel good, 80s, 90s style comic book, Starstorm is it. And uh, um, I would jump on that one. It, it's been really good. Um, Astrobots, which is a whatnot from Whatnot Publishing. That's another one. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the gentleman's name that used to write for Transformers, but he's also doing Astrobots. So it has that Transformers feel to it, but it's really good as well. So there, there's just a lot of good stuff, but I just finding the time balancing yeah. family. And Titan all- has the Conan license now. Yeah, exactly. And their Conan stuff is just off the chain. It's good. It's good. Yep. And, uh, and we just, last night we just covered, uh, we just covered uh, the original Conan run, uh, 14 and 15, the Elric crossover. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when, when Barry Smith was still up, Barry Windsor Smith was still up and coming. Yeah, yeah. And, and it didn't look like a Barry Windsor Smith until the very <laughs> last page of the second book. And I was like, why didn't the rest look like that? <laughs> he goes, well, this is the page that he got really good on. And yeah. he won the Shazam Award that year. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, and then he goes, and they go, this is amazing. Keep drawing like this. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, since, I, since I've since i elevated my art, I need to add another name. Yeah, yeah. Windsor in the middle. Okay, we're good. Because uh, <laughs> you, you could see the progression of how good he was getting just over those two books. And you saw that last page. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and just better and better and better. Yeah. And I was lucky. I, I had a chance to meet Tim Seeley. Um quite a few years ago now. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it was in the aftermath of the Boston Marathon bombing. Oh, okay, yeah. Because that was the weekend that Boston Comic Con was supposed to happen. And a lot of people had to turn around and go back. And I was so excited for the con until that thing happened. Yeah. Uh, because I was finally going to get to meet George Perez, which I never did. Yeah. yeah. But I got his autograph through... Uh, I got him and, uh, him and Marv to sign... 
uh, the print out of George's own personal portfolio, which uh-huh. is page one of, uh, not page one, the cover to issue one of the new team Titans Baxter editions. Oh, wow. Uh, which had one of my favorite Titans, Jericho, on the cover. So I was happy. That's um, awesome. But a lot of the artists didn't turn around. Like uh, George's wife had to put him back on the plane because his health was already, uh, you know, going downhill fast. Yeah. And a bunch of other people just turned around and went back home. Uh, but David Mack and a bunch of the other guys stayed and supported the Boston Strong movement. Oh, that's cool. And appeared for free and signed for free at comic shops from uh, Providence, Rhode Island, all the way up to New Hampshire. That's awesome, man. That that whole weekend. So I got to meet David Mack, who's like such an awesome, chill dude. Yeah. Um, I got to meet Tim, Tim Seeley. Uh, he had, uh, brought posters that he had done for DC and it was basically like Batman and a bunch of the rogues. Oh, how cool. And he signed that and I got a bunch of, I got lots of signed stuff from, uh, from David. Um, and Tim Sale was there too. So I got to meet Tim. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, My friend Chris came with me and he brought his hardcover of, uh, Superman for all seasons Got it signed. Tim was doing free remarks, one book per customer. Wow. But he would sign anything. Yeah. And he he's a good guy, man. He's a really good guy. He wouldn't let you, you know, tip him, buy him a coffee. He goes, no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, we just want the fans to know that uh, we appreciate them. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. So no, he, he's genuinely he, a good guy. He man. signed that. And I had brought all three of the Marvel hardcovers with me. Uh, Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, and Hulk Gray. Uh huh, and he did a sketch of Hulk's head on the inside oh, of, cool. of the Hulk book for me. So I'm like, "That's I awesome! I, I will never sell those books." <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, but, now, I'm a big Tim Seeley. I love Tim Seeley, and he, he's a good guy. And his new comic, Local Man, I'm telling you, it's so good, man. So good. I'll definitely have to check him out. You're always like spouting off like new books like every week. You yeah. need to be reading this, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap! What was the password to that to, to that app with all the indie books? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got to go look it up under the under the under the saved mails and yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. here I am. There it is. Yeah, so, yeah. You'll you'll like local man if you're able to get your hands on that. Uh, it really it follows a guy that's kind of he was a superhero part of a team and then had a falling out with that team, goes back to his hometown in disgrace because the hometown knows he was part of that team. Yep. And now he's kind of a nobody. Um, but, he, you know, he still has this ability. And and then all of a sudden something happens. Uh, I don't want to give the whole story away, but it's just crazy the way he's treated, what he has to do to, to kind of, you know, amend things with his family. His family's disappointed in him. Um, it's just – it's crazy, man. It's such – it's very Tim Seeley, man. He, he just – Emotionally, you're all over the place, which I love about Tim Seeley's work. And, uh, yeah, it's just – I really enjoy it, man. I, I'm a big fan of Tim, and uh, for the most part, um, I like almost everything that this guy does. And he does a lot, too, man. He's He still writes for DC, still writes for Marvel. He's working for Image. He's working for so many others. The guy has, like, six or seven ongoing books going on at the same time. And, uh, you know, he did ha- – um, what's his name? Hack and uh, – Hack and Slash? Yeah, Hack and Slash is him. Um, what else has he done? Um, oh, Masters of the Universe, He-Man. Um, Money Shot, which isn't for everybody. That's very adult. Um, but uh, there's Money Shot, which he's doing, which is out right now. Um, obviously, Local Man. Um, yeah, he's just he does a bunch of stuff. And I enjoy almost everything this guy does. Big fan. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and, and hanging out and talking Kingsville. And uh, thank you so much for letting me read the book beforehand. Absolutely. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's such a great book. You should go out there and get it today. The uh, The links for both the World at War website and uh, Tommy's um, – my coffee's kicking in. <laughs> uh, the World at War, uh, at World at War comic is his Twitter handle. Yep. And you can find everything through uh, through the website. 
Go follow him everywhere on social media. Just type in World at War Comics and this guy will come up. Yeah, I appreciate it, Will. Really had a great time. Thanks for being on. And uh, this will be available on all kinds of platforms after we go off. Um, the audio gets loaded up onto my podcast platform. So anywhere you can download a podcast, you can re-listen to this or listen to it for the first time with a lot of people. Um, it, the link for it goes up on my Minds page and it gets uploaded to uh, Odyssey and Rumble as well. Nice. So I want to make it easy for people to see me anywhere they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Uh, all the best next week. And uh, we'll catch you real soon. Thank you, Will. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you.